Hello, welcome back to the For Real Zoe podcast with Amanda and Jessica. And hey, everybody. Hello, we're so excited to be here. Yes, I am excited about being smack dab in the middle of this marriage series, um, just because we have so much experience under both of our belts to talk about this. I feel like we're experts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like we're experts. <laughs> yeah, between the two of us, definitely. Um, in the, today's topic, we are talking about communicating and connecting with your significant other, spouse, partner, whatever but since we both are in marriages i guess we focus more on marriage but it it, it applies to all relation all committed relationships absolutely i don't want to exclude anybody who doesn't title their relationship or committed relationship as a marriage but i traditionally have always done that so so when i refer to marriage i just mean anybody who's in a committed relationship obviously <laughs> <laughs> right um so well so this is a, a tough topic because there's, God, there's so many different ways we, ha we have to connect and communicate with our partners. And it becomes, it can become tricky, even though it feels like you're talking, you're having conversations, you may not be connecting. And so this is a big issue for longevity and staying with your partner, because if this fails, then it does not lead to positive outcomes. No, 100%. And as everyone knows, I do work in um, in an industry that um, I'm exposed to a lot of married people that are dissatisfied in their marriage. And um, I would say the communication breakdown and then I think communication breakdown leads to the connection, the lack of connection, but then the lack of connection is 100% what leads to the divorces in this in this world right now. Right. And I think, so I have, it, because, so Jessica and I have both been in previous marriages and been divorced. And so we have experience with obviously losing the ability to communicate and connect with our partner and understand and relate and then ultimately the end of our relationship. But I think one thing I, huge thing I learned in my last marriage was that sometimes you feel like you're communicating with somebody, but they're not connecting with what you're saying. And it was, I didn't realize this until I was going through a divorce and I was having a conversation with my ex-husband and I felt like, I was like, how many ways can, I don't even remember what it was, but I just remember trying to communicate something to him. And I felt like I approached it from so many different angles and like tried to explain where I was coming from. And he was never understanding my, my thought process or how I was thinking. And I think sometimes we, we forget that other people don't communicate in the same way that we do and they don't understand the world the way we do and sometimes that does ultimately lead to a divorce because you're just not meant to be together <laughs> but <laughs> but it was a huge eye-opener for me I really I, you know you always hear that men are from Mars women are from Venus topic and I that was for the first time ever that I really got it and I was like he really doesn't understand me. He really doesn't get what I'm trying to say. And also vice versa. I probably am not understanding him. So even though we were communicating, the connection wasn't there. You know, it was mind blowing for me to figure this out. 
Oh, yeah. I I mean, I'm going to have to refer to husband one, husband two, and husband three, because husband three is my current husband and all the others are previous. So, but I have had learning experiences from every single husband and marriage that I had um, that has been, and they all, I have so much to talk about on communication and connection um, in all three, because um, there was major breakdowns that definitely led to the deterioration of our relationship, um, but in different ways. Um, I mean, I, I believe that my first, my first marriage, literally, we were just too young, so young, and um, jumped right into having a baby within two years of getting married, because um, that's, you know, what society said was next in line. Um, so we did all the things. We got married. We bought a house. We had a baby. Like, <laughs> like it was. But then we're sitting there at year three, four, and we're just like, and now what? You know. And we didn't. I don't think we really took the time to really deeply communicate so that we could connect at a level to de even determine whether or not we would be making um, good life partners long term. I mean, he was a Wyoming cowboy, and I was you know, raised in the inner city, New Orleans. And I was like, this is, if you could pick two more opposite people, um, we were it for sure. And he was content and happy staying in Wyoming for the rest of his life. That was his home. That was where his roots were. But that's, you know, that made him happy. And I was an adventure girl. And I didn't know I was a venture girl until I was in this marriage and um i was playing house and it was like okay this is this is really not fulfilling for me but i didn't know it until i was there do you know what i mean so i couldn't really communicate that with him until i knew it myself and i just was so young that i just didn't take the time to learn who i was and what i wanted in life and we definitely never communicated those specific things of what we wanted in life before we got married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're young, you just don't think of that as a priority. You don't real. you're not thinking the way you do as you age. You're not thinking about all the um, long-term stuff. It's more just caught up in the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're excited and you're, it's all emotion at that point. And you're just trying to do with, you know, once you become that young adult, you're like, okay, now what do I do? You know, and you're trying to do what society says you should do, or at least I was, you know, I was the one who was just following all the, checking all the boxes um, and didn't, didn't do all of the important things that I see that are important now, which is the communication um, and the connection for sure. And so just, both of us were just looking at each other like, this is not, we don't have, you know, that connection. And this is probably not going to end very well if we keep pushing this and forcing this and putting our circles in square pegs. So do you um, feel like you communicated more as friends or do you feel like you just didn't communicate to the depth that it needed to to make the relationship last? Yeah, I believe it was the depth. I believe that I was more of a communicator and he was not. And I didn't, we didn't discover that until it was almost too late, you know? Um, and he just didn't know how to communicate. He didn't know how to talk in the ways that I wanted to and needed to talk 
but yeah, to feel connected yeah. to him mm-hmm. romantically. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Right. right. So, okay. What about relationship number two <laughs> or marriage number two? <laughs> okay. Uh, marriage number two was definitely, I mean, we started that one off with a communication issue from the beginning, just because we got pregnant super early. We were only dating for like two months and we had to make, you know, important decisions at the very, very beginning. Um, and we made the decision after, you know, the entire length of the pregnancy to go ahead and just stay together, give it a shot, get married. Um, and again, play house, um, and see where it takes us. And we took a, we took a chance. We took a chance on that. We took a chance on each other and we took a chance on our family. Um, and the connection at the very, very beginning was just not there though. And so we forced something that just couldn't, it couldn't be there if we didn't have that initial connection. Um, And the communication was all surface. It was all surface communication. It was all, you know, of course I love you. And, you know, and then the next thing you know, we're having another baby and then we're having another baby. And so then we're drowning in this family obligation in our lives and we're not ever taking that time to connect and communicate. But when we weren't really connecting, communicating from the very beginning, there was nothing to draw from to go back to. Yeah. So it sounds similar to the first in that there was like that surface level could obviously there's attraction and that surface level connection, but then there wasn't that depth there again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then unfortunately, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Unfortunately then, you know, we just deteriorated. Uh, we did, we went on way too long with that one, um, and deteriorated and deteriorated until, um, the communication was null and he was living a whole different life than I, than I even knew about, you know, and everything just spun out of control. And that one with my first marriage, we were still friends. We raised our daughter cause we had one child together. We raised our daughter together. Um, and, for the most part, we were very cordial with each other and friendly with each other the whole time. She's 23 now. Um, but the second one ended terribly. It ended terribly. And there's all kinds of dysfunction and toxicity that still runs rampant today. Right. So. I think the the thing that a lot of people, well, I think a lot of women, you know, can relate to, you know, going through similar experiences, but especially when you have the, what you talked about, when you have the children and life gets super busy and life gets so complicated when the kids are little. So not, you feel, you start to feel completely disconnected from your partner because you're going through different experiences men and women do during that time. You know, it's like women are so busy with caregiving and children and consumed with that. And a lot of time, not that men, some men aren't, but a lot of times men, it, doesn't impact them the same way and so they're like totally different life paths just the connection's not there and then the communication's very lacking because there's no time for it and so it's a big time for people to struggle in their relationship or feel disconnected from their partner so I think a lot of people can relate to that for sure yeah definitely um what about your what about your relationship uh your your previous marriage um yeah I feel like I feel like it was kind of the same as yours, honestly, now that we're talking about it. I feel like it was, we enjoyed each other. We, there was obviously something there. There was an attraction there. And so I feel like 
when you're making these choices about marriage, it's first of all, it's so hard to find somebody, I think, in general to meet and connect with and that you enjoy even just hanging out with more than once because I've dated a lot. So for me, when I finally find somebody like that, um, where I can actually communicate, I enjoy the conversation, um, I, I give it a chance. I, I you know, I want to give it a chance. And so I feel like it just never got past the surface. It wasn't in depth of thought you you hope that the relationship's gonna keep as you you make the choice to get married you make the choice to stay together you're hoping that you're just going to continue that progression of like like you were when you're dating and like and keep getting to know each other and in that relationship to but it didn't it kind of just stayed where it was yeah. and i had this desire to to have it deeper to have more depth to have more connection and that has to be from both partners. And he was okay with where it was. And so when I would have the approach, these conversations, and I did, I was very up, upfront and honest, like, hey, I need more. And this is an important part of communication. I need more of this from you, or I need to feel more connected. And for me to feel connected, I need to have this. He wasn't, he, his response, and I'm not even joking, he would say, but I'm okay with thing, where things are. Like, yep. I, I don't need more. I'm, I'm good. But so when you, when you get to that point and then you repeatedly have the same conversation of I need more, but the other person's like, I'm good and I'm not willing to go there. Yeah. You have to make a choice. And that's where I knew inside, it's kind of like the personal growth journey. It's like, I feel like I'm being, I'm unhappy and I want more for myself, but I can't get more because the other person's not willing to give more. And then you, well, and the other person isn't hearing you and one right. is, you know, or, okay, or even caring, really. List. Yeah. Make a list for me. And I'll say that um, my first marriage, I was the same. I wanted more, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was I wanted. Right. Uh-huh. I couldn't. I couldn't even tell him what it was. That yeah. Because you were so young at the time. Yeah. And he wanted to know, well, you know, what what can I do? And I was like, I, no matter what it is I tell you, even if you do it, it's not going to be the right thing because there's something bigger here. That's the problem. And I couldn't identify that. And I didn't want him to be inauthentic or to do whatever I asked for like three months and then stop because right. it's not part of him. Right, right. Because that's what happened yeah. you know, with, with me. That's what kept, kept me for a while is that he would be like, okay, and then like throw yeah. me a bone. Like, here, I'll try it for a little bit. But it wasn't, you're right, it wasn't authentic. It wasn't like what he needed or wanted. And therefore, it wasn't a priority for him. And then the second one, I feel the same way. I, I could identify at that point. I felt like he didn't truly genuinely love me. And it was a, an instinct. It was a gut. He didn't do all the little things. He didn't, you know, yep. touch me and he didn't kiss me. He just did the obligatory things, you know, uh-huh. and we were always just like partners in raising this family, but never passionate lovers. You know right. what I mean? I think we were passionate lovers for like the first two months until we produced Rin. <laughs> and then after that, it was like, whoa. Um, and we never got back to that spot again, ever, right. ever. And so there was nothing really to draw from, but I could identify. And he was frustrated too, because he's like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Like he was like, I'm fine with the way things are. And then turns out he really wasn't fine. He just didn't know he wasn't fine until he really wasn't fine. And it was, it was over at that point, you know? And so 
I remember trying to, at the very end, him finally being truthful and coming to me and being like, I'm unhappy in the marriage, right? And that's all he could say. And he's a guy. They're just terrible at communication. And, um, and I was much better at communication at this point. And so I said, all right, you're unhappy in the marriage. Do you want to get a divorce right now? And he said, no, that's not an option. I mean, he was raised cradle Catholic, so it wasn't an option in his head. And so I was like, well, then, and I, we were talking, we could talk to each other very, very candidly. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to get a divorce either. So that's good. At least we're there. <laughs> and then I said, I'm going to ask you every single month, once a month, what does being happy look like? And I'm going to, because he couldn't tell me at the moment. He couldn't say that. Uh -huh. And I did that for six months asking him, what does happy look like? Let's create happiness. Let's figure out, you know, if it's even possible to create happiness together. We're partners in this. We've already, we're three kids in, you know, and we're 10, almost a decade in. Let's give this a shot. Uh -huh. And um, so six months I did that. And every single time he, cause he said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And so that's where our communication breakdown happened right there. And that's why, you know, the connection, I really wanted it to work. And I really, you know, I was pretty helpful. Oh, yeah, working. yeah. But, um, it's but it so like, I, yeah, I think ultimately, you get to a point where if one partner is working on it, and the other one's not, and you've repeatedly tried, and they still aren't, and they're still not willing to connect or communicate, that's that's when you are left with no choice and it's not really a fun place to be in, but that's your answer. I remember, um, I think I had, you just have to get to the point where it's completely consumed you and feeling miserable before you, you know, that it's not the right path. But I remember even Googling questions like, how do you know if you should divorce your partner and, and uh, like, when's the best time? Like I Googled all this stuff, but the, this is, I don't know, maybe it's the, just me being weird, but, um, but I think the biggest thing is when we talk, going back to just connecting and communicating your relationship, I think there's important things that I think, first of all, I think it's uncomfortable sometimes to be so vulnerable and to like, do that but i think if you value your relationship you value your um, marriage or your, your partner you almost have to make yourself do these things and i think you have to speak up about several things one of them is your needs and wants like what what are you needing what are you wanting like jessica and i just said like hey i need this from you or i want this from you and i'm not getting it because you have to give people the benefit of the doubt like life gets busy and they're not always purposely trying to not connect and communicate. It's just that they're busy too. And just putting that in the front of their mind, like, Oh yeah, I haven't been doing that. You know, I haven't been like, you know, like connecting with you lately, or I haven't, you know, we haven't make make the time for that lately. And, and if the person responds positively, that's great. <laughs> we didn't have that with our previous relationships, but we, I think we both have it now, which is awesome. And so if I went to my husband now and said, Hey, you know, I feel like you're, you, you seem a little disconnected lately. And I, I, I need you to like, you know, make more time for me. He wouldn't like that. He would definitely, he would be like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. I don't want you to feel that way and let me do what I can to, to do better at that. Um, what about you? Would, would you feel like that's something that you could do easily with Clay now? Oh, with Clay? Absolutely. We, in our, literally in our third date, we talked about 
our needs because we were like no nonsense. He and I were both at places where we, he was had just gotten out of a horrible marriage. Uh, well, a horrible divorce, I should say. The marriage itself wasn't horrible, but the divorce ended, it was just awful for him. And I had gotten out of my awful experience, um, my divorce experience as well. And so we were very, very gun shy when we first started dating, but we had also been dating like openly over for over a year, each of us, before we even found each other. And um, so we'd been living the single life um, and had a lot of freedom that we really appreciated and liked. So when we found each other, um, we both were head over heels with each other, but we really were very careful with the communication because I think that was, we both had identified that that was what the breakdown was in our, our previous marriages. Um, and so he literally was like, look, I just need, I'm real simple. I just need this, this, and this. And that's it. Like, I will be happy as a clam if you can provide these things and, and then, you know, and we'll be good. And I was the same. I was like, I definitely need this, this, and this. Um, and if we can keep that, all of that, it was a lot of communication and prioritizing ourselves and not getting lost because he has three children. I have four and they were all a lot younger six years ago. <laughs> right, right. And so I was like, I don't want to get lost. And that was one of my needs was I needed regular connection. Right. Um, and so we solved the connection problem real quick. We just made a date night and it always was the night before we went uh, the night before he went on shift for his 48 hours. And, um, and we've consistently done that throughout our relationship and we've been together six or seven years. I'm losing count now. Right. Um, but yeah, so, and then the communication is interesting, but we don't, what we don't do with each other. And I think it might be because I'm older now. Um, we don't react to each other. It's not a, like a reaction communication where, you know, I'm bringing all this old hurt feelings and all this old stuff from other relationships into our current, uh, communications and our conversations or our disagreements. Um, and that's something that I've had to actively do. Um, what he's had to actively do, and he might tell you something different if he were here, but I believe that what he's had to actively do that he didn't do in the past is speak up, is speak up and, and say his piece um, and say his opinion and say his perspective. And I've had to open my mind to his perspective because I'm not used to men in my life speaking up, if that makes sense. Right. Um, I was doing all the talking all the time, you know. Um, I think with the connection and communication thing, um, circling back to uh, what happens with, circling back to my second marriage, but what happens with people so much is they will seek out uh, connection with third party maybe and that can definitely get in the way of what you're trying to do so like you like you said if one partner is really trying to work on things with the marriage but the other partner isn't or says I don't know what you're saying or uh, or also like your husband said I think things are fine and that's what my first husband said too was that he thought things were fine where then you've got maybe another aspect of this where the, that husband or wife is, has found a connection with someone else. And so now they're not actively working with you anymore because they're connecting with someone else and then communicating with them instead. Um, so that's definitely another aspect. And we do 
we do have a guest speaker or a guest on our show uh, that's going to talk more about that type of yeah that infidelity. Scenario, that yeah, infidelity. I think it's that that topic is yeah it's definitely a separate topic because it, it you know there's multiple reasons why people choose infidelity but one of it is is that some people just are appealed to the thrill of it but a lot of most of the time it's, it's because it's because they're not feeling connected and appreciated mm-hmm. and understood and the communication is lacking in their the marriage and so that's what we wanted to focus on is just so i think being forth like making sure you're taking the time to connect and expressing your needs and wants and then i wrote down a list of things that i think you know i think are important when you're to talk about um the next one on the list i have about five main things but the next one is sex and i just listened to and we're going to do an episode specifically on sex in a, in a relationship. But I so Dave Hollis just recently passed away and I went to his podcast in his very last episode. Um, I was like, you know, I'm just going to listen to this because it was his last episode. And I just was wanting to hear, like, what what was your last episode like? And he had two guests on there. It was actually a great episode. This husband and wife wrote a book about sex in a relationship. And they, he had them on as guest speakers on his podcast. I highly recommend listening to it. They have a book out. Um, so if sex is something that you struggle with in a relationship, I, I would definitely look into this. But anyway, the whole thing was that they talk about the importance of communicating and talking to your partner about sex and the things that you need and want in regards to sex. And um, they said so many of us will watch you know these movies and we have this idea that you know sex is like in the movies where we people look at each other and they rip their clothes off and then 14 seconds later they're having orgasms at the same time and it's just perfect and the reality is for most of us sex isn't that way and we have different needs and wants with sex and the interesting thing that i've learned because sex isn't and they also talk about how we learn that sex is an uncomfortable topic because our parents come to us and talk to us and we're like talking about sex feels uncomfortable. So then we kind of bring that into our adulthood, even though it shouldn't be uncomfortable. And my marriage with Travis is he's made sex talking about sex a priority and I've never really communicated so much. And it, once you've done it, it, it makes it more comfortable it's still a little bit awkward, but it's more comfortable, but it's so important for a happy relationship to be able to communicate about that, to connect about it and not just the act of it, but to have conversations about it, like your needs about sex or your wants or what needs to change or what, what you need to feel to, to be more connected during that. And so I think that's an important communication and connection piece too. Um, what about you, Jessica? Do you find that important in your relationship? Well, it was definitely one of uh, Clay's top threes of there was a specific need uh, that surrounded the topic of sex. And I definitely am going to go into detail with that later in the sex episode. But um, but yeah, communication about all the important things, money. um, Yeah, money is on my list, too. Money, (laughs) money, friends, like other friends. um, And yeah, yeah. big one for us is talking about our kids and our children Mm -hmm. and parent how you parent what's going on because that's a big topic for us um and it often leads that's i think our biggest conflict a lot of times is children and 
how we're going to handle them. And, and we're, so we're going to do an episode on children too. But another one on, on my list is just your plans in general. Like what, what's goals. going on? Yeah. Plans yeah. and goals and, and what's going on in your life, checking in with them. Like, are you happy? What's going on? Or even just, you know, what's going on with work? You know, like what are your plans for life, but what's your plans for the week? And, yeah. you know, you know, like where are you at? And because a lot of times I think we forget to connect on even just a basic level with our partner because we just go through the motions of life. And then, you know, have you, when's the last time you really asked them like, Hey, what's been going on at work? What kind of projects are you working on or what are you doing? Cause you just get so busy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I agree. I think that the, some of the previous mistakes that I made that I learned from, um, with previous, husbands was um, they didn't really talk to me about those things and instead of me asking about them and hearing them and what they had to say I kind of like told them how what I thought you know about their careers about what they're doing about you know and then also with parenting I kind of just because they didn't really have a whole lot of input or they didn't offer it or maybe I just didn't leave space for them to have input I just kind of took the show and ran with it and the next thing you know and I know I know I know I know with one with my second husband you know a couple of his complaints about me would have I mean he's got a whole you know laundry list but a couple of them would have been things like by the time our you know we were 10 years in all of our kids were so busy that we didn't have a sense of family we didn't have a sense of because Every night they had something, it was scouts or it was a, pra- a sports practice. And then you, you put four kids in the mix and you've got like sports cr- practices or scouts or something, church school all, all night long, every night in the week. And then on the weekend you had games from those sports practices. And then you had, or you had scouts events that you had to go and do. And he was, I think he just got lost. And he was like, this is not what I wanted, but didn't ever tell me that until after. <laughs> everything had completely broken down right and I just was like well I thought this is what we were doing and so that one kind of blew me away but that was definitely something that I didn't communicate properly they didn't communicate properly um, and because we weren't connected neither one of us knew and so with my current marriage um, we stay on top of that and I've been very um, careful to toe the line on not planning out his career for him right <laughs> you know what I mean because that's yeah. overly ambitious like I can make everybody's career plans around me for them if they wanted me to I could tell them all the potential they've got all the paths they can take and I have to like pull it back because I really only need to just do that for myself and that's something that I've learned and so I'm letting Clay take take you know the bull by the horns in his way uh, and and do it his way and I'll just interject, well, maybe you could do this or maybe, but I do not take it over like right. I did before. Right. I mean, but you also been... found a partner that, so you've, in the past, they were more passive and they didn't step up. So you felt the need to, whereas he's not as passive. Yes. He's like, I don't need you to do that. Yeah. And so you, you've picked up on that, but then so you, in return, don't have this overwhelming need to pick up where you feel like they're, they're not. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, my second husband right now is a stay-at-home dad 
who ever knew that man was going to be a stay-at-home dad and he's been that for like three years but maybe that's what he wanted and he never told me and instead I was the stay-at-home mom you know right and he's got he found himself a new wife who makes as much money as he was making before and he can they can afford that lifestyle and I assume he's loving it you know what right. I mean and I would have never ever ever put that man in that box ever right and so um, so, yeah, so I think the key one of the keys that like, you know, after talking through this, one of the keys to having a great communication with your partner and connecting is to know what you you understand and know like what your own needs and wants are instead of, you know, a lot of times I think when we need. So let's just say that you need and want your husband to like um kiss you more like you know yourself you're missing on that he used to maybe like grab your butt in the kitchen or like Mm -hmm. flirt with you more but he's not doing that anymore a lot of times we it's communication and connection we approach and it's also learning how to approach it but we approach we we recognize something's we're unhappy with something something's missing we're needing and wanting something from our partner and they're not doing it um and a lot of times we approach it initially we may approach it nicely, but then later it's like, God, he's doing this again. And I've told him before. And honestly, you know, a lot, again, we just go, we get busy and it's not like he's purposely not connecting. We're going to assume the best case scenario here that he's purposely not, you know, doing that. He's just, you know, caught up in life, a little stressed or whatever. Life's busy. So the best thing, I'm going to give you two approaches. The best approach is for you to change. So instead of going to your partner and saying, Hey, I need and want this, I think if you notice, like if you started doing those things more, like let's say you went up to him, kissed him more, or you went up and kind of, you know, touched him more, I think you would, he would respond positively. He would be like, oh, hey. And then maybe he would realize, oh, I'm not doing those things. But then the next thing is that if you do that and you're not getting a response or you don't want to do that, you want to have a conversation, then making sure that you have a conversation in a way that, hey, is positive versus like you aren't doing this. But instead, instead saying something like, hey, I know I've noticed lately you don't seem to be, you know, engaged much. And I really like it when you, you know, are doing these types of things and it makes me feel more connected to you. And so. So learning to like approach those conversations like in a way that's not as threatening or as finger pointing or, you know, or or how you would want somebody to tell you something like that versus like you don't do this and I don't like it and I'm unhappy and you you just don't love me anymore. So it's learning the right way to connect with your partner, too. Yeah, I mean, I can I can give you a tip on that, too, when it was in my second marriage. And my, when my husband told me, when we had this really heart-to-heart conversation about how unhappy he was in the marriage, he couldn't give me a whole lot of specifics on why or what, but there was some, some stuff in there about, you know, I wasn't, he didn't, he doubted whether or not I even loved him. And that was like blowing me away, right? Um, because in my mind, love looked like, and this is also part of my personality, but love looked like making the family together and sacrificing my career for 10 years so I could stay home and raise the family and making him dinner every night and prioritizing, you know, those things. That was what love looked like to me, but that wasn't what love looked like to him. Yeah. So, so that was a great like eye opener. But my tip was from that moment on, I literally put in my calendar three days a week and I had it repeat forever. I even remember after being divorced to him, still seeing it pop up on my calendar. But I put in my calendar little things that I had heard him say in our conversation, like tell tell him I love him today 
or do this for him today or do this. And I would repeat that. And it was, but I had to remind myself because I wasn't something that was part of my own love language. It wasn't part of my own personality. And, but I knew that he needed it from me. And so that was something that I did as dorky as that sounds as, you know, not. Oh, I don't think it, I don't think it sounds dorky at all. It was definitely a, a, it was something that I did as a solution that I came up for myself in order to try to give him more of what he needed and see if we could move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big thing. I think I've even heard kids talking about it. Did you say your son too? They're in tune with this, like knowing your partner's love language. And I don't think oh, your yeah. partner's <laughs> love language has to be the same at all, but it is key to know because you're, I think you're the same as me. Like I would have thought that me, like, doing the things around the house or doing things like that is showing love because that's how I feel love like if mm-hmm, somebody comes mm-hmm. and does my dishes oh my god that's like heaven like oh you love me because right, right. you just did my dishes like I or hate make you. you pizza yeah make pizza is a love language for you oh it is make me food clean my house do something like that for me like that is like awesome and so yep. but I don't think that's my husband's love language. Like he wouldn't care if I did the dishes like that doesn't do anything for him at all. But if I went up and like, you know, give him a hug or, you know, like touch him or something like that, that he would love that. Like he likes, and he also likes it when I compliment his pizza cooking. So it works out well because I like it when people make me food, but he likes the like. The affirmation, the the words of affirmation. Yeah, like, oh my God, your pizza is amazing. You're the best cook ever. Um, So it works out well for us, well for us. But yeah, knowing those things is, is, you know, as simple as it sounds it is important and in that i talked about earlier that podcast with dave hollis um he they have sex love languages and i i kind of want to get the book just so i can see that because I, they say you know everyone responds differently to different types of initiation or and you need to know your partners what they like and and it's so true if you think about it you know what some people need in a relationship or sexually or whatever is totally different from somebody else. So it's so important to, on all aspects of um, creating that communication and connection is to talk about those things. And it's not, again, it's not always easy. It's, and it's also finding the right times and moments to like fit that in and, and say something and be vulnerable too. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's um, I think that, um, those the little side story that you mentioned earlier my 15 year old son just recently broke up with a girl because and all he said was she's not my same she doesn't like give me what i need for my love language she's that she doesn't know my love language and she's just not you know and i was like oh my gosh he's 15 and he's already talking about love language (laughs) (laughs) i know it's so so funny but i love it i love it because he's already in tune with himself He's already got a leg up on relationships in a way that I never did until I was like in my 30s. And he's already able to communicate that and be like, you know, I we can't be together because you refuse to see me, 
you know, and meet me where I need to be met. And, um, and this is where I need to be met, you know, and she's like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. Or I don't want to do that. Or, yeah, that's that you're right. It is amazing. Because look at us. Like, I think we didn't learn that until our 40s or 30s, yeah, late know. 30s. Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, I had this misconception and thought because I think my mom always told me you, you, you want to wait, you don't want to get married in your 20s. But it was so I had this idea that if I get married in my 20s, then my relationship's probably not going to work out. Um, but what I learned was I got married for the first time when I was in 33, and that that didn't work out. And when it didn't work out, I was like, but I, I thought to myself, but I waited. And I thought if yeah. I waited, yeah. it was going to be fine. But it's it's not. It doesn't matter what age you get married. You could get married at 16. And I've seen people get married that young and have the longest marriages and are completely happy. Or you can get married at 50 and get divorced or 70 and get divorced. It's yeah. all about learning this key aspect of connect. First of all, I think the first thing is understanding yourself first. Like you yes, said before, you have to know yourself. You have to self-love and know like, who am I and what do I need and want to be happy? What are my love languages? What, what, who am I? Like your son already knows this and that's amazing. I, I didn't know any of that. And that's the first thing. And then be willing and able and vulnerable enough to put yourself out there and share those feelings with and telling somebody else like hey this is what I need and want from you for me to be happy with you you're gonna have to do these things and if that's not something you're up for then I we're both need to just walk away even though maybe we care about each other ultimately it's not gonna work a hundred percent but also keep in mind that if you are doing the love languages exercise and discovering your love languages but you haven't discovered self-worth and self-love yet, then I promise you that after you do, if you do the, the exercise first and you find out what your love languages are, and then you find self-love within yourself and, and affirmation for yourself and self-worth, and you do a bunch of healing and you get there, you're, you, have to, you are required to go back and do the love language exercise again because I promise you your love languages will be different. Totally, and yeah. Another thing is that when you're doing the love languages, you're doing it based off of your current space, where you're at, who you're with currently, right? And you, my second, my first husband, well, I didn't even do the love languages with my first husband, but my second husband, we did the love languages and I had two love languages he had none. He said he literally has none. I, I've never heard. I know. <laughs> this is this is basically he's not willing to work on anything. Right. right. Um, but uh, and so I did. So now that I'm with this third husband, my love languages are different now. They're completely different. But the difference is the, the people. Right. The relationship and the connection. But also I in between those two marriages, I found self-love. I found my own, uh, so I filled a bunch of holes by myself. Right. And so I'm no longer looking to that person to fill those holes for me. And therefore my love languages are completely different now. And yeah. it's really crazy. It really is. And it makes or breaks a happy relationship when you're happy with yourself, you're good with who you are, and you aren't looking to your partner to fill voids within yourself because there's mm -hmm. not voids that need to be filled it's really just about complementing each other's life and going on this life journey together and experiencing life in a positive way versus out of a neediness out of him 
filling that void for you or filling that self-worth of unhappiness thing. That's it's never going to happen. You'll never get that from Mm-mm. a partner partner. It has to come from within. And so if you're unhappy with yourself and you're unhappy in your relationship, you have to work on healing yourself first. Yeah. Yeah, you always do. And you should really, I mean, the the true order of things is to do that before you even get in a relationship. <laughs> right. But a lot of people don't. <laughs> a lot of people don't. The majority of people don't. And because, that's including yeah. us, by the way. Of course. <laughs> this of is course. not this is not pointing the finger at other people in the world. We're we're actually talking about ourselves here. No, um, this is why we know this now is right. because we've made so many mistakes previously. <laughs> right. So yeah, I would suggest if you're 22 years old and you you're having a fresh clean slate right now, just get with yourself first. <laughs> Figure that out first before you even try to commit with anybody. <laughs> right. And then the key is finding a partner who's done that, you know, because they yes. need to, they have, they can't, you know, get that from you either. So and at the very least, finding a partner who's open to doing that with you, right. you know what I mean? Like that is open to getting, getting there um, with you standing by their side, holding their hand. Um because you definitely, if you, you've done it, but the thing is, what I've discovered is, is if you've done certain work, if you've done certain healing, you tend to attract people that are like-minded in your life. So that, that have done that healing or have, you know, thought, thought about doing that healing or are halfway through that healing, but they're still in that kind of in that same space um, in the universe. And you tend to attract those people. Unless, of course, you're in a trauma cycle, and then <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, any last thoughts on this whole communication, connection topic? No. I mean, I feel like, okay, so when I say no, I guess I meant yes. There is a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> I don't feel like we solved anybody's problems today, and I don't think that that is the goal of today's podcast. I think we talked about our issues and we brought, we made some common things that happen in relationships normal. We normalized people, troubles that people have and experiences that people have had. And I think that is where we helped our, our listeners today. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, so much out there on relationships and helping relationships and step-by-step programs. And this is what you should do. And you need to approach it this way and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, our goal really was just to talk about it in an authentic way and a real way, but knowing that, yeah, there's, hopefully it leads you to know the areas that you want to work on and improve. And even if there's just one thing you can do, then that's, we, we benefited or you benefited from listening to the, <laughs> right. the episode. I just want everybody to know they're not alone in what they're experiencing. They're not alone in the mistakes that they've made. And, um, and also like there is always hope I've been, yes. there's, there's times that you just feel disconnected mm-hmm. and you, it's, it's never too late to like, start making changes and you the thing I want you to know is you deserve to have the relationship you want to have never ever like feel like well maybe this is just how it's going to be or should be or maybe I just am asking for too much no 
no, 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 that is wrong. You are not asking for too much. If you need and want it, there is nothing wrong with it. Unless you're just, unless it's coming out of like desperation or some wounds or whatever, and it's just completely unrealistic. But most of the time, it's not unrealistic and it's okay to need and want those things in a relationship. Yes, and you know what else? It is okay if your current partner cannot give you those things. It is okay if you guys have decided that you can't meet each other where you need to meet each other any longer or maybe you never have, like in my second marriage. So uh, it's okay because you have that that relationship with that person for a reason. But whatever you need to do, you it's okay. It's okay. Right, right. I agree. <laughs> We've both been there. I get it. No, we have. We have been there. I would. I don't regret any of my relationships, any of my marriages. I have learned so much about myself, but about people and about them in the process. And I wouldn't be who I am doing this podcast today, trying to help other people uh, if I hadn't had those experiences. Yeah. And I think that Jessica and I tell each other this a lot, but I feel like, you know, not everybody is meant to be in your life forever. And sometimes they're just supposed to be there temporarily. And the idea that we think that we're just supposed to get married and it's going to be perfect and forever is just really unrealistic. And I think that's why well, first of all, we live a lot longer than we used to in the past. People didn't, don't die at 40 anymore. So we're living like twice that long. And so it's unrealistic to think that people are going to grow and be the same people and stay in your life that long. Um, it's yeah. it's nice if it happens, but, you know, it's a, it's a journey and it's okay to sometimes outgrow each other or just be on different paths. And But it's also okay to be together and, and grow together. So absolutely, absolutely. So now I think I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're done. We're done with this episode. Oh, my gosh. All All right. right. We're – I don't know what we say next. I always forget. (laughs) But it's time to – 